woods of Connecticut somewhere. I'm solo today. Welcome to the show, y'all. Hammer Day Tejas is on vacation with his family. Tiberius the banker is on a business trip. It's just me, you sons of bitches, is all you get. It's a big show. We got to talk about a lot of things, a lot of headlines we got to get to. We got to get some voicemails in. We got to get some emails in. Some DJs out there need our help. I'm here to support them, as are you. And we got a big reveal, a big fucking reveal. DJ of the Year is announced today. I was doing the uh, Dan Patrick Takes a Gamble podcast this afternoon. Cracked a few White Claws, had a couple nips. Nice uh, little lunch break from the old corporate job. Um, and he previewed what is today's show, which is the reveal of the DJ of the Year. We'll get to that, we'll get to that, but you got to keep listening. Uh, first things first, we got to get a couple headlines out of the way. Uh, Chris Beard fired from UT. Good. Um, that's not number one, but it's at the top of the head. Uh, Mr. Hamlin for the Buffalo Bills. That's obviously top of the head. And honestly, I want to talk about the media reaction to it. I know, I know a lot of people have a lot of opinions about how the media reacted and how ESPN's role in all of this is. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that as well. Uh, then we're going to go over the playoff situation for the NFL. You know, college hoops is coming up. Won't talk about that whatsoever, but remember, it's on the on the platter, and it's time to start betting on it. This is when uh, the mid, mid-season D-Gen collapsing fucking emotions happens. This is, the, the, this is when we all lose our asses. This is when it happens. The playoffs and college basketball. Uh, but first, Mr. Hamlin. So, I'm watching the game. We're all watching the game, right? Like I watch most games that aren't the Cowboys. My phone's in my hand. I'm on Twitter. I'm doing a couple different other things. And then I look up and I see a replay of Lamar Hamlin taking a hit. Not a vicious hit. We all know it. We all saw it. Uh, but a hit nonetheless. Stand up, stagger, fall back down. The amount of the delay, the length of the delay is what started weirding me out. Like, holy shit, man. This guy's. it doesn't look bad, but he's been down for a fucking while. That that does start feeling bad. I think we were all watching that, wondering what the fuck's going on. And then to come to find out that they had to resuscitate the son of a bitch on the fucking field. On the field. And then you see the reactions of the players, like tears and crying and all that shit. It was brutal to see, obviously. I mean, there is a trade-off. It's something we don't talk about ever. But if you're a boxing fan or an MMA fan or or what have you, maybe you're more acute to that realization that there is a trade-off. There's a moral trade-off that we make when we're watching football because we're watching modern-day gladiators like the UFC or boxing or, or what have you. We're watching people risk their lives for our entertainment and our gambling purposes and all that fun stuff, fantasy football, all that shit. But seeing it come to such a close end you know, makes you think, makes you wonder, you know, how much longer football is even going to be around. I mean, thank God the man's awake now uh, per his agent and per the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he's awake, but, I mean, watching that happen and realizing how gracious an ounce of life is uh, makes you stop and think, what the fuck are we watching, right? What are we doing? What are we all doing here? I mean, I grew up with this shit. A lot of y'all grew up with this shit. Football is everyday life. It was never 
never a question of will football be around in 20 years. It was how many more kids are going to be playing football. Now kids are playing lacrosse and soccer. And you know what? You're a parent watching that shit. You got young kids and playing peewee motherfucking football. That makes you think. That makes you wonder. You know, you read a bunch of articles out there after the fact that say, you know, this kid or that kid or this other kid in, in Little League Baseball took a line drive to the chest or took a slap shot to the chest. They had some guy on the on the news the other day who took a slap shot and got a heart attack. Like, the, you know, these are real risks that they undertake, uh, but it's so much more pronounced in football. Uh, and the money is so shitty, comparatively speaking. I mean, this is something that I've harped on for a long time, but football is the most violent sport that I watch outside of boxing, which is, you know, made to hit people. It's the weakest pro union in sports, and it has the least amount of guaranteed money. The NBA, the MLB, those leagues make real fucking money for those players, and it's all guaranteed. Essentially all of it, not all of it, but damn near all of it is guaranteed. And they're not taking fucking hits in the middle of their chest. Not on a routine basis. So we sit here and we watch the NFL and we talk about how much money these guys are making. And we don't think about the consequences of it. And we don't think about, you know, heaven forbid that son of a bitch wanted to play baseball. I mean, DeMar Hamlet could play baseball. He could play basketball. He's a fucking athlete. He's a supreme athlete. He's a Pittsburgh boy. But he chose football. He was born into it. He played it his whole life. That's just what he did. The trade-off is something that doesn't get brought up a lot, but here we are. And thank God the man's okay, or he's, he's getting there. He's on the road to recovery, I should say. He's not out of the woods by any stretch, but he's breathing. So it's uh, he woke up, and I guess he asked who won the game, which, you know, God bless him. That's like a made-for-TV movie. But it's also kind of sad. Like one of the first things he asked was who won the game. That's how we're conditioned. That's how these guys are fucking you know, wired is winning and competition and all this shit. And you almost lose your fucking life. You got to get resuscitated twice per his uncle on CNN. You got to get brought back to life twice. And one of the first things you want to know is who won the game. Fuck man. That's, that's heavier than I think people want to acknowledge. That's some heavy shit, but here we are. God bless him, prayers up, all that stuff. You know, his his toy drive is up over $3 million. Uh, he started a, a charity, uh, wanted to do a toy drive, raised $2,500, and he raised over $3 million, which is great, don't get me wrong, but I wish that money was going straight into his fucking pocket because God knows if he's ever going to play football again or whoever wants to, you know? He's a 24-year-old man whose life flashed before his eyes. He's got a whole lot of living ahead of him, hopefully, as long as he gets out of there, all right. But that three million bucks, I mean, fuck them toys, right? <laughs> Put that in the man's pocket. He deserves more than that. That's for damn sure. Um, I mean, that's that. It's a, it's a bit of a touchy subject. There's a lot of playoff implications, seating, and all that shit. And there was a whole lot of questions on what the NFL should do about it. And per Joe Buck... The NFL told the teams you got five minutes to warm back up and then get back on the field again. The NFL denied that, at least Troy Vincent did. Denied it wholeheartedly. But Joe Buck said it five fucking times. And you know the NFL is watching that game. The NFL watches every fucking game. You know the home office is watching that fucking game. 
And if Joe Buck gets on the goddamn microphone and says, the NFL told him they got five minutes to warm back up. And you saw Joe Burrow warming back up. He was throwing the fucking pigskin around. So the NFL is saying, we never said that. How come they're letting Joe Buck say it five fucking times? Something's fishy here. And this is when the NFL's ugly head rears itself. This is when the soulless fucking ginger, known as Roger, exposes himself, that Bronxville bum. This is when he lets everybody know what he's really about. And he's about making billionaires richer. Y'all can get mad at me all you fucking want, but that's his only goddamn job, is to make billionaires more fucking money. That's it. He suppressed the fucking Washington Redskins investigation. He went into an agreement with Dan Snyder, to both of them to suppress the goddamn investigation, make sure there was no written report so it could never get leaked. He's a coward. He's a ginger. And he's got no soul. And the NFL wanted those boys to go out there and play that game again. And heaven forbid, heaven forbid, booger fucking booger, goddamn booger McFarlane on ESPN went up about 15 notches in my fucking tabulation. Speaking truth to power, telling Adam Schefter that this ain't the game to be played tonight. That these men do not want to play this game. This is bullshit. Call the game. This is while everybody is fawning feigning, I should say, not fawning, they're fucking feigning emotion about how sad they are out of one side of the mouth. The other side of the mouth are just trying to fill airtime, right? I know it's uncharted waters and all this, that, or the other, yada, yada, yada. But you got Adam Schefter on one side of the table speaking the NFL's fucking politic line all day, every day. Oh, this is tough. We don't know. We do this. We do that. Adam Schefter has a direct fucking line to the commissioner's office. Then you got Booger McFarlane on the other side of the table saying, this is fucking bullshit, dude. We should not be playing this game. This is absolute bullshit. And you got Shefty versus Booger, which is a fight that I, I normally would think I hope they both lose. And Booger comes out on top. Booger's the one speaking truth to power. Booger's the one telling everybody what we're all thinking. And Shefty's over there pretending like he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Shefty knows exactly what Roger Goodell and his office were talking about we're thinking about, we're telling people. He knows exactly what was going on. Booger doesn't. Shefty is in that fucking room. He knows. And he kept it from us. And he made sure that we couldn't be able to tell just so he could save face and keep his sources alive within Roger's office. That's a fact. I think ESPN handled it poorly. I think Booger McFarlane handled it great. And the next day, talk radio, Dan Patrick and... and Mike Florio and all these guys, Ross Tucker, I think they handled it fine. They handled it completely fine. It's a shocking scenario, right? I mean, it's fucked up. But here we are. Here we are a couple days later, and they're talking about either keeping the game a cancel or maybe what I think they should do is replay the game. But in between, you know, you push, you push everything back a week so you don't lose those weeks between the end of the playoffs and the Super Bowl. So you lose a week of media coverage. All right, fine. But you push everything back a week, the whole entire schedule, and you replay that game and figure it all out. Or you just call it a cancel. You say it didn't exist. That's fine, too. But you can't pretend You can't pretend like this ain't going to have an implication on seeding and shit, because it will. It fucking will. And you can't pretend like there's not 
a whole lot of media coverage watching every fucking move you make. It's a tragedy. It's a goddamn tragedy. But this is the bed the NFL made, right? This is what they wanted to do. This is a sport that they love and they pr- promote. And this whole player safety bullshit, yada, yada, yada. No matter what kind of fucking rules and regulations or new pads or helmets you come up with, there is always going to be a degree of danger involved in this game, which is why I think the players should fucking sit out and strike until they get fully guaranteed fucking contracts and way more than 49% of the fucking pie. That's what I fucking think. I think the leverage is now, and you fucking sit out. You say, fuck y'all, give me my money. Make it guaranteed. Fuck this shit. Now's the time. Now's the time to fucking strike. It's awful, and it's sickening, but God damn it, DeMar Hamlin should have a guaranteed fucking contract to lean back on. It's something like, you know, in the NFL, you have, you have health care for like five years after you retire, and then it's gone. And that's if you've been in for a certain number of years. But five years of health care after putting your body through the shit they put it through, and then it disappears. That should be fucking investigated by Congress. That should be fucking illegal. That's insane. That amount of violence and you get five years of medical coverage? Come on, man. What the fuck are we talking about? Y'all want to have a come on, man, fucking segment on ESPN football? You want to come on, man. Dude. How about come on, man, these fucking contracts? Come on, man, these motherfucking health care benefits? Come on, man, these fucking guaranteed money? How about that come on, man, motherfucker? Where the fuck's my come on, man, for that? Why don't you moss that, motherfucker? It's a crock of shit. It's awful. But now's the time to strike. Now is when you stick it right in their fucking gut. Hot blade, soft belly. My blade, your blood, fuck you. Don't mean to get on one, but it's just, it's fucking revolting. It's revolting. Oh. Moving on. Chris Beard. Chris Beard. Chris Beard. You son of a bitch. Chris Beard has been fired by the University of Texas. Thankfully, he gone. After his fiance promised that she made up the report about him strangling her to the cops. She said she was wrong. She lied. She recanted. And that Texas was going to do their own investigation. And apparently they did. And this is per Hammer Day Tejas' sources. I guess this is not the first time that he's had some uh, blowout fights with his fiance. I'm not saying physical, but this is not the first time that he's had a few too many and yelled at her, screamed at her in front of witnesses, all that. You know, Chris Beer's a notorious, allegedly, allegedly, notorious booze hound who, I mean, should probably get fucking sober. That's not for me to say, <laughs> considering who I am. But if I'm ever strangulating my wife, I think the first stop I'm making is rehab. Again. So he's gone. Interim coach steps up. But that's where we're sitting. Uh, we got a couple of uh, emails I want to run through real quick. Some DGen help. Uh, this is from Mr. K., uh, Mr. K, the subject is need help to degen or not. Shane and Hammer, I'll make the pleasantries quick. Big fan, need help. I'm mid-30s, corporate job, 
engaged, no kids, and happy. But I have a DJ inside. I'm writing this after getting back home at 9 a.m., and I'm having to come to Jesus. Let's get to it. When I was single, I didn't feel bad going off the reservation and having, quote-unquote, my phone die from time to time. No anchor, no problem. But now I actually have responsibilities. Main question, as a young degen, how do you reason with the inner degen voice as you get older? There has to be a roadmap, so I'm hoping you guys might know what it looks like. Thanks, Mr. K. This is a good one. This is a very good one. So you're writing this at 9 a.m. after getting degen out. This is clearly the cocaine scaries coming back to talk to you or the Molly madness. Your serotonin is all gone. You don't know which way to look, and you're depressed and asking yourself, why do you keep fucking doing this? I've been there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've, been, I've been there a lot. As you get older and you get more responsibilities, like a corporate job, a fiancé, a couple kids, all that shit, it does get harder to have your phone die, quote-unquote, because those responsibilities will come for you. But the way I reason with myself is a simple philosophy. People like me require a little howling at the moon every now and then. I've talked about this before, but I'd say once a month, once every couple months, I have to get out and get it in. I have to just cheat death. I have to howl at the moon. I have to yell from the rooftops. I have to scream. I have to do weird shit just to keep ticking. And if I don't, you know, it comes out sideways. It comes out crooked on the roommate. It comes out crooked on the kids. It comes out crooked on my coworkers. If I'm not allowed to be myself, I embrace it. I embrace it. It's not about binge drinking or binge drugging or, or shit like that. It's just about, you know, heaven forbid, I want to go to the casino one night and just let it all out, not pick up my phone and just get weird. You get an Uber, you don't go fucking driving around drunk or driving around drugging and shit like that. But you got to at least let that beast roam a little. You can't keep him pent up. Responsibilities be damned. If I don't let this fucking beast out of the cage, my responsibilities will never get fucking answered. I got to have a little wiggle room there. That's uh, that's my answer on that, Mr. Mr. K, as we say. Um... Uh, one more question. <laughs> Great episode. The banker rocks. We know the banker's the best. Um, how in the hell did you meet the banker? Uh, the banker and I met in the Midwest, a Midwestern state that we were both living in. He was doing smart shit and going to school, and I was not. We met through mutual friends. It was a good dude. Great dude. Uh, known him for 20 fucking years about now. Uh, anyway, he'd love to be here, but he's on a business trip, big business trip. Um, we got some voicemails we want to listen to, and then we're going to get to the DJ of the year. Producer John, we got a voicemail. Shay and Hammer, this is Elliot in Oklahoma City. It is currently midnight, 07 a.m. Can y'all give us your rankings of the commissioners of the top four sports leagues here in America? Obviously, Roger leads the pack in scumminess, but the DJs of America want to know. Have a fucking good one. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Roger Goodell's a piece of shit scumbag. Uh, Adam Silver. Adam Silver's a sneaky DJ. 
clearly covering up the NBA secrets. Um, I don't trust him one bit when it comes to the uh, the Patrick Ewing draft. I still think that was fucking fixed. Uh, Ma, Rob Manfred is clearly second to Roger when it comes to DJs of the year. Robert Dean Manfred is a fucking piece of shit. And thank God he banned the shift. But adding a pitch clock is the dumbest fucking thing I can ever think of. And the way he handled COVID and the Astros, the fucking Astros situation. My God, this piece of shit. Rob Manfred is a scumbag. Uh, I do not like Rob Manfred at all. I don't know anybody that does. Uh, Gary Bettman of the NHL. Honestly, I couldn't, I'd have to put him at the bottom because I know next to nothing about hockey or any of that shit. So it would be Roger Goodell, Rob Manfred, Silver, and then Bettman when it comes to commissioners. D-Gen, shittiest fucking D-Gen being number one. Right? I can't even call him a D-Gen. I can't, I can't even say that. Fucking D-Gen? No. You're not a fucking D-Gen. You're a piece of shit. How about that? Roger Goodell, Rob Manfred, Adam Silver, Gary fucking Bettman. That's the list. Fuck you. Fuck all of y'all. Oh, our man in Oklahoma, by the way, is calling a lot. I like him. I like him. Y'all get it in with him. Uh, I think we got we got another D-Gen from Connecticut. I think that's right, Producer John. Hey, Shay. <clears throat> this is Jamie in Connecticut. Um, just calling to see uh, what your perspective is on the, uh, the Bills and Bengals game, uh, what the NFL should do, they should play, not play, um, use the winning percentage. Uh, either way, I feel like there's always going to be someone who doesn't agree what they do, but just kind of wanted to get your perspective. Thanks. Well, we talked about it a little bit, but, I mean, I don't know. I guess the NFL doesn't look to resume that game, and they're working towards either a neutral site AFC championship game or the one seed choosing between getting having a bye or home field with the two seed getting whatever the other option is, right? So that's the NFL's newly leaked per Adam Schefter story. Is like, all right, so we're going to pretend like this game didn't happen. We're going to get towards a potential neutral site uh, on the AFC championship game. Or you have the one seed, minusing out the Bills-Bengals game, you have the one seed, and they get to choose. So Kansas City, let's say, gets to choose between having a bye or having home field advantage. So no buy, we'll take home field, or we'll take a buy and not get home field. And then the other, the number two seed gets the opposite of that. I don't know how much sense that fucking makes. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a bit, uh, I think they need to replay the game. I do. I know it sounds fucked up and crooked, but I think what makes the most sense is you replay the game and you push everything out a week and you, you delete a week of media before the Super Bowl, everything else gets pushed out. And I know that'll never happen. That's a whole lot of logistical shit that'll never get done. But I, I, I don't know how you just... And what the fuck? I mean, this sounds callous and evil. But there's a lot of money riding on that game. I was on the Bengals. I was plus one. They got voided. Uh, there's a lot of fantasy football championships riding on that game. A lot of evil shit riding on that game. Obviously, it means nothing. But logistically speaking, I mean, do you replay that specific game or you just let it ride? I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how they're playing any more football at all without getting guaranteed medical coverage for life, a pension, 
and guaranteed money. I don't know. I don't fucking know how the owners keep getting away with this shit. It boggles my fucking mind. Oh, Lord Jesus. All right, we got DJ of the year coming up. I mean, if this was an election in Arizona, Carrie Lake would still be suing over the results. This was razor fucking thin. Thousands of votes. Thousands of votes came in over the Twitter. We appreciate all the participation y'all are doing. It's pretty cool. You're allowed to vote as many times as you want. I'm worried. I'm worried there's only about 16 listeners voting 2,000 times a piece. But whether the, whatever the case is, uh, razor thin, 35.6% was first place. Second place was 35.1%. We're talking 0.5. Wow. 35.6 to 35.1 is first and second. Now, I was fucking, I can't believe it was that close. I really thought SBF was going to take it away. But uh, drum roll, please. DGen of the year, 2022. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, SBF. Sam Bankman-Fried, largest Ponzi scheme since Bernie Madoff, Uh, stealing deposits from unwitting customers and incels alike, sending them off to his Hogwarts girlfriend, and making really bad, risky bets via his hedge fund called Alameda. Uh, SBF has taken DJ of the Year. A close runner-up, though, very close, very close. Vladimir Putin, everybody. Vladimir Putin with number two, 35.1% of the vote. Uh, and Kanye West at their 26.2. I'm a little disappointed in Kim Kardashian. Uh, she didn't do very good at all. I mean, it's so small in the pie graph. I can't even fucking see what percentage she got. But if you add up 35.1, 35.6, and 26.2, uh, you'll understand uh, what the fuck she did. I think it's like 2.5%. Something like that. Anyway, big brain over here. Uh, so it's SBF, ladies and gentlemen, DJ of the Year. Um, I think we got one more voicemail about DJ of the Year, uh, producer John, if you can run that. Man, Favre? No Favre. Where's Favre? Super DJ? Is he another level of DJ? We got you, Shay. My vote's for Kanye, but man, Favre needs some honorable mention. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> That dude gets it. That's a very good fucking point. Favre probably should have been in there instead of Kim Kardashian, to be fair. And that's Hammer and My's fault. But Favre, remember, stole $5 million from the Welfare Trust Fund in the state of Mississippi uh, and got the old governor to uh, greenlight a new volleyball uh, facility at the University of Southern Mississippi, uh, which, coincidentally, his daughter plays volleyball for. Shocker. Who else plays football, uh, plays ball there, is uh, Frank Gore Jr. as a running back uh, for Southern Miss. But, yeah, you're right. Brett Favre should have been up there much higher. Oh, Lord Jesus. All right. Just a second. Hold on. You're going to have to edit this shit out, John. Oh, Lord. It's not cocaine. We'll keep keep that. You keep that? (laughs) You know, the sad thing is it ain't cocaine. It's just a head cold. I had poker night last night with a bunch of the bankers here in Connecticut. Uh, and we got it in. We got it in pretty good. But I think one of the motherfuckers got me sick. That's what I think. I woke up feeling like shit. It wasn't a hangover. I didn't even drink that much tequila. 
had a couple scars. I did drink a lot of tequila. And then I had a, there was Korean food to eat there. I ate a lot of Korean food. Got stoned, too. Lost my ass in poker, but that's nothing new. But that's that. Listen, this pod is going to be a little short because I'm one-sided. I'm one-handed. Uh, and no hammer, no talkie. We're going to miss a lot of the good stuff. But some of the highlights that actually matter. Hamlin's breathing on his own and speaking. That's big. SBF is DGen of the year. That's humongous. Uh, college basketball is on, alive and well. It's time to get that back in. And listen to Dan Patrick takes a gamble. I'm down. I'm won six units the last two weeks. I know that. And I got some bets uh, going this weekend. I will say this about the <laughs> college football playoff. If you're a Michigan fan, if you're a Michigan fan, how the fuck, how the fuck do you feel about them running a Philly special on fourth and goal from the one with arguably the best offensive line in the country? How the fuck do you square that circle? That's awful. That is just bad, bad, bad shit. Michigan obviously should have won that game. But here we are. What, two pick sixes, I think? Oh, Lord Jesus. On the other side of the coin, Georgia had no business winning that game. Ohio State should have won that game. But how much would it suck to have Michigan-Ohio State in the national championship? And I know the conspiracy theorists out there, because I'm one of them, says that's exactly what the NCAA did not want. And that's how they figured it out. But man, that was dirty. Fourth and goal from the one. Philly fucking special. I would be beside myself if that was Texas. And we had that O-line and decided to run that play. And now Jim Harbaugh is about to be the next coach of the Indianapolis Colts. I think he's gone. I think he's long fucking gone. Well, that's that. I do. All right, y'all. That's all I got for you this week. We're back next week with Hammer Day Tejas. Get it in.